And here we are. Who gives a hoot? A special edition. We're still in quarantine. Uh, I listened back to the old podcast, the last one, where I kind of made a joke of it. The funny story about that is I still have not left the house since that moment, actually. I haven't left the house. I, I legitimately stayed in that night, and I haven't left since. Welcome well, to the quarantine life. You know, it, did you at least see a bird today? I mean, last time you saw a bird. Actually, actually, I haven't seen a bird. Uh, I saw, I looked outside. I kind of feels like ah, this is one of the craziest things I've ever done. So please, if you're listening to this, stay inside. Please wash your hands. I don't know how to fix this, but my co-host, Luke Averman, what have you been up to? How have you been celebrating the quarantine? Um, Not work. celebrating, but... Lots of work. Yeah. <laughs> and then... The job has then, kind of um, been nonstop, so that, that's been fun. Um, keeping up, you know, tuned into uh, Elma N4's uh, Q&A today. That was a lot that of fun. fun. That was a lot um, of fun. No, we've been uh, been trying to keep up with everything. Seeing uh, the league has, as of today, recording on Wednesday the 18th, um, pushed out per CDC guidelines to the May 10th as a tentative start date. We'll uh, we'll see if that sticks. Um, yeah, it's crazy. And, and it's crazy right now. Go ahead. Some good news. Okay. Today's IAX's. 120th birthday. <laughs> How did I know that was going to run off? <laughs> Pat, well, I mean, okay. How did you celebrate IAX's 120th birthday? How did anybody celebrate? Uh, there were all sorts of people in quarantine. No, showing off their IAX jerseys, doing some fun stuff. <laughs> just you know quarantine birthdays man they're the best they're the best uh also today was supposed to be the second leg of the chelsea Bayern game but obviously that didn't happen so we're all gonna guess that chelsea beat Bayern and advanced in this miraculous way and i, I as a chelsea fan and as a chelsea podcast I, i'm just so i we're all just so jazzed that chelsea moved on to the next round the only uh, only score I saw involving Byron and Chelsea today was three nothing. So, really, no, that, was good. that was good. Really, I saw that was so funny because on my Twitter and on my YouTube, I saw one one draw after 120 minutes, and then Chelsea winning in penalty kicks to win Champions League final. That that's what I saw. I, I that's crazy that you didn't see that. It, you know, sometimes I. Don't <laughs> toxic environment <laughs> yeah okay so let's talk about league one let's talk about what they uh released today luke what what are your initial thoughts about the league kind of being pushed back to may 10th kind of as like a it it, fe- it feels like a soft date like yeah we'll we'll start on may 10th what, what do you think about it well we put out a poll yesterday to or on tuesday right uh got somewhere around 80 some odd responses on it uh, as to what what we'd like to see happen with the season. And understandably, the league is doing everything in its power to get this off and running. You know, this COVID-19 pandemic is uh, unprecedented in modern history. And Mm -hmm. we're really 
really supporting the league as much as we can because we want to see this happen. We know they need to see this happen. You know, we uh, we're going to keep pushing everything there. Um, hopefully, we get a full season out of it. Hopefully, we get a season out of it. At this point, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised seeing a condensed season. Yeah, um, I'd love to see us go to the the international schedule. Um, do over the winter, but obviously places like Can't. Madison. So, you know, you're not not going to be able to handle that. No, um, and, and and you can't do that in Nebraska either. You can, could you imagine playing on a playing in Warner Park when it's ten degrees with a blistering? It just it's just not the same in America as it is in England. I, I that's a great that'd be great, but I, it's just unrealistic in my opinion. I, I'm hoping just for uh, just for our financial standpoint, you got to think about ticket sales. You got to think about us like staying surviving as a league. I hope that we can have that full season because. That's just would be great to get that brand out, especially in our first year and get all of those games in. I think that would have such a positive uh, impact in our community for the next year and then getting momentum into the next year. That's that's what I'm rooting for, to be honest with you. Just just a full season. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I was listening to a um, interview um Gary Green had this morning on uh, was it sixteen oh. yeah. the um, yeah, and that obviously that was mostly talking baseball because nobody really in the Omaha area besides us is going to give you some some good soccer talk. Yeah, but we're we're your exclusive provider of great Union Omaha soccer talk. And it's very true. Very true. Mm -hmm. But he was taught or they were asking him as to his job outside of baseball America, outside of Union Omaha, outside of Storm Chasers. And he operates a um, CEO of a building services company, which involves deep cleaning, uh, to put it in no colloquial terms. So he's not going to be hurting as badly from this whole situation as a lot of other owners probably are who have uh, services that are going to be hurt more, more and more by this. So I I'm feeling good that Gary is fully invested now more so than ever in keeping uh, union Omaha going. And no, I think this year is getting off to a bumpy start, but that's just going to make us all more rabid fans. Yeah. And I also, uh, you know, it's funny is that how he's responded on Twitter Uh, recently, he's been very positive and saying, just stay strong, stay patient and stay safe. He tweeted that out a couple days ago and it's just that kind of, it's just that kind of stuff. So a funny story, uh, while I was talking, uh, I actually went on a little bit of a rant and Erica called in the middle. Thank you so much. It's a great interview. We just got done. But back to my point that I was making about Union Omaha, uh, you know, Gary Green has still through all of this has really brought us kind of together and and sent a lot of good, positive vibes. I mean, what do you you think, Luke? Well, 
I mean, if you look at our crest, we've got those three stars, people, place, and purpose. Yeah. And I feel like he has been embodying that this entire time uh, through the the whole uh, pandemic crisis that as it's been unfolding, you know, he's he's got the people, we've got the place, and we all have a purpose. Yeah, and I, I feel like even with the every single step of the way, through this whole entire process for it to kind of get off on a rocky start and then have everybody doing the question and answers with Elma to be doing the FIFA tournament. Even through that, I still feel like we still have a really, really strong community. Oh, definitely. And when, when union Omaha starts going to marble racing, no, we'll be there. Yeah. So the, so a little (laughs) bit off the behind the curtain, a little bit behind the curtain, Luke, Pat, and a couple of other people inside of the Union Par—I uh, always call them Union Parliament for some dumb reason. Omaha Parliament, which is the fan group. If you're not involved, get involved. Those guys have a lot of cool stuff coming too. Uh, but they, a lot of guys in that group, we we were texting about marble racing. That is some like somewhat live sports that you can watch that can fill the time. You guys have got to send us stuff of live sports whenever it's on. Anything. Anything will work. There's no bachelor for Pierce. No he, bachelor. He needs live sports. I'm, I need anything. If there was the bachelor, I'd at least have something to look forward to on Mondays. But, yeah, I, I, this is such a crazy time. But And, again, thank you, Erica, for uh, coming on. She's, she was great. I, I can't wait for her to come out to Omaha so we can host her and show her all of this work that she did to help build this club. Uh, it was worth something because the excitement is here. Uh, but coming up in the next couple of weeks, we have a great interview with Ryan, who's the VP of communications for League One. Uh, we've got player interviews. We've got other interviews that we have lined up. I mean, this is – we have even with no games, we are still very excited for the podcast. Luke, what do you think about it? Uh, you know, Ryan next week, uh, who's VP of communications for all of USL, you know, that – He's been very, um, very much involved in, you know, getting these expansion sides going like Union Omaha. Really excited to have him on. Excited to have some players on, you know, get to talk to them about their their history in the sport. Um, we may may be having some uh, surprise guests, uh, some front op- more uh, revisiting with the front office, you know, have a lot of content coming. Yeah, for sure. Your- But keep your eye open on Twitter because we're going to ask for mailbag questions for the next podcast. And and we're going to be reading your reviews. Make sure you go on Apple and give us a five-star review. And uh, please rate and subscribe and then unsubscribe and then resubscribe. And then unsubscribe and resubscribe some more. (laughs) Any last thoughts, Luke? Um, I saw a squirrel today. I saw grass today. Any and then Patrick Tyler, the best full name of the business. Any last thoughts? Um, not really. Just really look. Um, just really looking forward to the day where we get our sports back. Amen to that. Back to sports. Amen to that. Well, this is uh, this has been another remote podcast. Thank you guys for grinding with us and hanging in there. And uh, please wash your hands. And that's been who gives a hoot. 
Hey guys, before we get to the interview, I want to talk to you guys about Global Scarves. Global Scarves is the premier supplier of custom soccer scarves, beanies, blankets, and other great fan merchandise. They have the lowest pricing to maximize your fundraising needs and to produce at the highest quality in Europe, where soccer was born. They know the product, and they know what it means to put that scarf on for match day. They work tirelessly to make sure that you are outfitted to support your club. Email Global Scarves now to find out more information on the process or to get a free design mock-up for your group or club at kyle at globalscarves.com. And we welcome on Eric Bjork from Sacramento FC. How are you this evening, Erica? I, I'm doing great. And yes, I am calling you from uh, Sacramento. I uh, formerly used to uh, lead the marketing and comms for Sacramento Republic FC, but... Now I get to work with uh, clubs like Union Omaha. Yeah, so just talk about that background. How did you get involved? Because when you were involved with Union Omaha, it was League One Omaha. So what, what was your background in helping Union Omaha kind of build in this city? Uh, you know, I've worked in um, professional sports on multiple levels and leagues from NFL to the NBA to the WNBA to for for those uh, soccer junkies out there, a league called the CISL, um, probably over 25 years now. So it was one of those. Um, I had the incredible and unique opportunity to build what we call an indomitable club in Sacramento um, with the co-founders Warren Smith and Joe Wagner. Um, helped them everything from kind of launch the brand and engage our audiences and sell out our inaugural opening night to 20,231 and kind of went through that. And, you know, you just, you get to a place like any, any time in your life, you want a new adventure and challenge. And um, I think I loved what I did there and wanted to find ways to do it with other teams and other clubs. Um, Gary Green, um, Union Omaha's chairman and and investor and owner was introduced to me through a mutual friend. And um, again, admire what he is doing. Um, both in not just Union Omaha, but the Storm Chasers and his other businesses. And just really, it was a great opportunity to kind of replicate and do what we did a little bit in Sacramento, taking, I'll call it a blueprint, um, but creating kind of that own model in what makes sense for Omaha. So in that, what are, what are some things that Omaha took from Sacramento and implemented? What have you seen that Union Omaha has implemented from that blueprint that you provided? I, you know, I think some of it is, I will say, the boring behind-the-scenes stuff um, where we just we just kind of learned, like, when you, you know, one of the successes we had was when you, you're launching your club, you know you're going to have a community and an audience that wants to show a way to get involved. And so it's one of the reasons when we launched um, back in May, we made sure fans could drive and be a part of it by placing a deposit. It's something as simple as that. Um, you know, that deposit is... It's, it's about a lot more than just tickets and being a season ticket holder. It's really an investment in the club, and it's one way fans can get involved, you know, um, in a way in the U.S. especially since we don't have the kind of um, kind of fan ownership, supporter ownership structure you see in other parts of the world. I, you know, I think more than anything, and, and I, when I work with different clubs, I've also done some work with uh, Greenville Triumph and San Diego Loyal, is it's really more a matter of um, – you know, soccer is this very, especially in the U.S., very unique sport. And around the world, your clubs are identified by the place. So unlike, you know, when we see and and we'll say some of those American traditional sports where like the L.A. Lakers, like why the heck are they named the Lakers? They just 
you know, picked him up and took him somewhere else and all that stuff. So when you create a club and a name and a crest, and that crest is worn over the heart, it has to be unique and represent that place more than anything else, even more than the sport. Um, and I think that was something we learned in Sacramento. Um, and it's something that, you know, we try to just take a little bit of that framework by listening to audiences and creating something unique that you would only find in Omaha and nowhere else. Cause this is a club that's, it's built from the ground up and it's not going anywhere. And that's, that's definitely true as far as we've seen, um, you know, with the supporters culture and everything building, I know you were there at the, at the uh, brand reveal um, back in October and you saw how excited all the thousand people who showed up on a nice day, but still, <laughs> still autumn in, in Omaha. Uh, but this is oh, Union Omaha's the from sounds of it the fourth expansion side you've you've worked with um san diego loyal as you mentioned um sacramento republic which is now going to be an mls side um and you, you mentioned greenville triumph what what has kind of drawn you into um and have you found successful in in building these expansion sides or helping to to create these expansion sides so actually, I was I was thinking about this the other day. There is actually one other. So I've now worked with League One USL Championship. Um, obviously, Republic now transitioning MLS. But you know, the other thing I take great pride in, and where I've learned a lot from, is I was part of um, kind of a business development group that helped with the launch of Sacramento Monarchs, which was also part of the launch of the WNBA. Um, Sacramento had one of the I think it was eight inaugural teams for women's professional basketball, which at the time was one of the highest women's professional leagues. We obviously have seen that expand now with what we're seeing with women's soccer. Um, You know, um, I am a huge and big believer that um, sports more than any other aspect to our society can be a positive impact and influence. Um, You know, we, you know, sports played a role in, you know, for women, um, long before they had the right to vote, um, it broke the color barrier um, with Jackie Robinson before even Brown versus the Board of Education. It has literally rallied and brought together cities, countries, nations, you know, blue collar, white collar, you know, you name it. It is it is one of those things that just transcends everything we do. And I think now more than ever, we're going to see that, you know, coming in the future. Um, with everything that's going on around us in our world. And Union Omaha is going to be very much that kind of foundation. And I think a very much a, a rallying point for the community um, once those games come underway. And it's, again, Warner Park's a place for everyone to come together. Yeah, couldn't, uh, yeah, couldn't say it better than myself. That's, it's a true point. Go ahead, Luke. I, I mean, we're obviously itching to get into Warner Park and celebrate uh, <laughs> a game. Um, but – as far as at, you've been involved in um, many different sports, um, many different soccer teams, a year ago you were, or not quite a year ago, you were unveiling that this uh, Omaha was going to have a team. Yep. Um, and now we're facing, to call it unprecedented, is short selling it, um, the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, which is delaying the start of our season, um, delaying 
continuation of other seasons uh, throughout the world. Uh, how do you see this um, a way forward as someone who's been involved in sports for, for a number of years, how, how do you see a way forward for a team like Uni Omaha, um, a league like USL one, which is just a year plus uh, in existence? You know, there's a couple things. I think first and foremost, um, you know, everything starts at the top. And you have incredible leadership and investment, not just in Gary Green and Larry Battelle, but in the local ownership and investment group in Omaha. You know, it was very important to this team and this club to have local owners that were committed and backing this. Um, and you see that every day. Um, I, I, you know, Gary is literally in Omaha at this point, probably even more than, you know, New York. Um, you know, you also got to look at the stability and the strength of the league. So, you know, some say, you know, USL, you know, it's been 10 years, but it's really been much longer than that. When you look at the structure and the foundation that was even kind of built before um, they established um, what they've been doing now, um, you know, it is one of the reasons League One had success last year and will continue to grow. And, and yes, there's going to be some growing pains along the way by, by all means. You know, I think with what we're dealing with now, and yes, it is, it is very much unprecedented. I think for our time, and this is one of those kind of critical things, um, you know, when you go back and, um, you know, you think about things like why we, you know, when we're at a baseball game and we, um, you know, if you're at a storm chaser game and you're singing the national anthem or God bless America, you know, that was all brought into the fabric of sports because of these critical turning points in times in our nation's history. Um, and this is just going to be another, and this is a moment it's a temporary moment. It's going to affect our lives and how we do things. Um, so again, sports tends to be something we rally around in a time like this. I think most recently, probably the best example was 9-11, where, you know, I think we sometimes forget our world stopped. Um, travel, everything we did, work stopped. So even though everything was very much focused and centralized in, in New York and in D.C. and Pennsylvania, you know, our sports stopped. Um, and when it resumed, it became this place and this inspiration. Um, obviously, you can look to things like the Yankees and their lead up. Um, we've seen this resilience with um, Las Vegas and hockey. We saw this resilience even with the Japanese women's national team after the tsunami. Again, um, they're going to come back and they're going to come back stronger. And in the meantime, we're going to find other ways to stay engaged with our community. And like we're finding this with work. Sometimes it's podcasts and yeah. social media and video chats, and it's just it's just not going to be a fist bump in person, you know, for the short term. No, I think you have to elbow people now. That's um, right. Yeah. Six feet distance. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> So with well, all of this, with with all of this, how how do you foresee it impacting new clubs like Union Omaha or, you know, up and start and coming teams like San Diego Loyal? Like, how do, how do you foresee this impacting the beginning of their year? You know, I mean, this is the part I don't think any of us can can really predict. Right. Um, I, there's a couple couple things that kind of come to mind to me. One is. Um, you know, when we have, again, as a country or nation or cities been dealing in times like this, um, the minute that we can kind of come out and celebrate and have a great time, we, we do. 
And um, we come together and we, whether that's our bars, our restaurants, our breweries, our pubs, and our sporting events. How, I I guess, I guess what I'm trying to ask is how are you trying to navigate through uh, all of this and try to still keep this enjoyment and keep all of this excitement to these teams? Well, FIFA video games is probably not going to cut it forever. Um, (laughs) Kind of like this. Part of this is just communicating. I think right now what people need most and they're wanting is just they want to know what's going on and they want to know. Um, obviously, the league made some announcements today. I mean, the team behind the scenes, there is still a lot of work to be done. Um, I mean, one, if you want to say blessing for League One is their season starts a little bit later than USL Championship. So the impact on their season, um, we are still looking at, again, how, trying to we're, we're checking alternative dates on the back end of the schedule and what can we do about this and what can we do about that so we still get as many games in as we can I you know I went through um and worked for the Sacramento Kings when they had the NBA lockout just mm. way back in the day um, yeah. in the short season where we started in February you know a season that you normally start in November and I remember from that time that was one of the in my opinion greatest seasons both for the Kings um, that's when we had the bench mob and established things. And, and one of the things I witnessed and learned was how not only the players, but the city and everybody rallied around again, that team. And you're going to see the same. So it, it might mean our opening night is a different day and it's a different night. And it might mean right now that we, you're not going to see the guys in the, the local brewery having a pint with you. Um, but that is going to happen sooner than we think. And we're going to get through this and we're going to be stronger for it. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Go ahead, Luke. Uh, I'm just feeling like we're shaking up a can of soda. And yeah, I just want, I want, I want to go out there and play right now, to be honest with you. Let's just, let's just all get together. Just let's play. We'll Well, play, we'll play five aside. So it's under the 10 person rule. You know, I'm sure with our, you know, the world we live in and our video and everything else, you know, maybe we just, we all just say like, hey, at this time we're gonna go find a, a spot, a patch of grass or a little turf and take <laughs> a ball around, and uh, we'll all share it. And uh, you know, we'll just make sure that we're we're keeping our social distance from each other. I mean, fresh air is a good thing for all of us right about now, and uh, getting out of our homes Amen. and our work. And uh, this is definitely one way to do it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, uh, Erica, uh, as you've clearly are very interested in soccer, very knowledgeable about soccer. I have to ask, what are your favorite teams? <laughs> so um, I am a, how would you describe it? A schizophrenic American. Soccer <laughs> uh, you know, again, this is a, a phenomenon unique only to us. I, so um, I, I will say, obviously my heart will always lie with our, you know, our national teams. Uh, I'm, Amer- I'm a member of the American Outlaws. I was in France during the Women's World Cup uh, to witness the women um, win. Um, so, you know, that is obviously tried and true, um, both the men's and the women's that I support and cheer for. Um, there's something to be said about, you know, my, my heart is very much uh, with Sacramento Republic FC as far as my local club. Um, I think, you know, the experience we had and what I got to be a part of and, you know, seeing that and, and seeing people around town wear that crest um, has immense meaning to me and, and will always, no matter where I am in the world or living. 
And then for, I will say an international club, uh, I was told long ago, you don't choose a club, a club chooses you. Mm. And many regards um, for me, that was um, Liverpool. Oh, Um, I know. It's okay. so, like, hey, at least it was not Chelsea. It's a, we're, you're, you're, God, <laughs> please. You're talking to. I have, I have some standards. So this is I, a Chelsea podcast. <laughs> excuse you. All right. Uh, <laughs> well, and, and I will say this. Um, the uh, so initially, like, I think a lot of folks, I thought maybe I was going to be an Arsenal fan. Oof. Had some folks went to the. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, at a certain time, that was good. Yes, and and I think the key here is I. I made a commitment to myself. I would not officially adopt, we'll say that, international club until I had gone and experienced a match at on their home pitch. Oh, smart. And so when I went to Emirates, the minute like I sat down in my seat, I'm like, oh, God, this is like, you know, Staples Center and the Lakers. Yeah, it's, it's sanitized. It's, big, it's cold. There's no... This is not the experience that I look for. And this is, you know, not the, the I just, it doesn't feel right to me. Mm. And um, by chance, the next day, I had a chance to go watch. I was hosted by Liverpool against Crystal Palace. Oh, and it was, it was at Crystal Palace. Um, and I think there were two things that came away. One is seeing the away supporters for Liverpool was just incredible. Yeah. Um, there is a history and a tradition to the club. And I go back to, I'm very much tied to places and clubs that have resilience. And I think Liverpool is very much demonstrate that when you know their history. Um, and so, and here I was, this is 2014. I'm this third tier representative from a little team in a place called Sacramento, California. And the great Liverpool football club is hosting me as their guest in their director's box. So, you know, to me, that just shows the camaraderie of the sport, the beautiful game. I've never seen anything like it in the sport and the culture where it doesn't matter where you are in a level as a, a club or a team. If you're league one, if you're premier, if you're MLS, if you're La Liga, it is all one community and you do whatever you can to support those within the community. Well, I'm just so sad that the league has kind of been, you know, condensed because a small club like Liverpool, who's never won the premier league, it's just, it's just so sad to see you guys not be able to win your first Premier League. As a person who's won the Premier League three times, it's let me tell you, it gets it's a lot of uh-huh. fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, it'll just be it'll just be, you know, that more of a celebration and feel that much sweeter when we do it again next year. So, you know, we we all know, we all know who should. We know who's at the top right now, so it's yes, we'll leave it at that. Uh, so do, it, there are only what, three points out at the top. Yeah, they're only three. What? They're only three points away from winning the league, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, well, I, yeah. No, I believe so. I, I yes. So again, it's just one of these. Again, we're just we just we'll see what ha- you know. <laughs> so, it is what it is. So when it comes to your background, were you a lifelong soccer fan, or I mean, how how did your love for soccer start? You know, uh, so I I grew up with basketball was my first love. Um, I loved the sport. Um, What's the saying? Those that can't do teach. So those that can't play coach. Mm. Um, So I I coached, um, I mean, literally starting as a freshman in in high school, I coached boys basketball at like a CYO level into um, had a traveling team of high school boys that went and 
played in some national tournaments and um and it was kind of under that that I knew I wanted to eventually work in sports and um you know I think especially at the time uh you know you didn't see many women working in sports outside of a you know coaching a a women's collegiate team maybe or a trainer and by luck and timing I I basically got an internship with the Sacramento Kings um, and the, t- the time, the Kings, um, which got my foot in the door working in pro sports, fell in love with it, knew this is where I wanted to be. I- I've had some spots along the way where I've worked in some destination marketing and nonprofits, but um, I always came back to sports. And uh, the Kings at the time operated an indoor soccer team called the Sacramento Knights. And I, I mean, to this day, it is probably the most fun I have ever had was working with the Knights. Um, it just goes back like the the players and the athletes were incredible. Um, we had amazing fans. It's where I first connected with the soccer community in, in Sacramento. And one of the things we did well, and this is a, a nod and a compliment to Coach Mims, because I think he's very much trying to do something similar where you you have your players just ingrained in the community. Um, our players learned, uh, became coaches for many of the local youth teams, um, created relationships, um, ended up having families. So when Sacramento Republic FC launched and we had our first press conference in 2013 and I went to call the DSCs, well, they were all former Knights players. Hmm. So, and that was, we'll just give or take more than a decade or possibly two later. So you know, I think again, it goes, so that's kind of where my love for soccer really started and originated with. Um, And we set records. I I think few people know like the history and the depth of indoor soccer in this country. It gave the NBA run for its money back in the eighties. It's where it's funny when I worked for Republic and they said, Erica, we we're, we're, we're hiring Precky and we, you know, we got to put together a press conference for this. and and, And I'm like, wait, the guy who played indoor soccer for San Jose, like, you know, you just, you know, that was my context of Precky. Like, wait, he's the guy who came down and kicked the crap out of us this time. It was four six goals. And, you know, so, um, you know, that that's where kind of, I would say my love for soccer started and especially with the community. And, you know, you can ask Coach Mims this, and I, I, I've most recently had the honor to work with, um, you know, Landon Donovan and, and working with guys like, you know, Precky and others like, um, and, you know, uh, Carrie Taylor and San Diego and Shannon McMill. And like, I, if you asked me anything about like the formations on the pitch and the lineups and all those kinds of things and what position, like, couldn't, couldn't tell you when you like, that's a lifetime of learning, but you want to talk to me about the operations manual and, <laughs> you know, how much time to a walkout and what you got to do with this. And, and again, the, the connection between the pub, the pint and the pitch, I got you. Covered. <laughs> uh, one question here that have is you've seen how the te- or team has evolved from the very beginning last May. Mm-hmm. Well, the very public beginning last May, they're three years prior to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but since you um, left being hands-on here in Omaha, what has been your impression of how the team has been operating and what you've been able to see uh, publicly um, from where you are in California um, as to you know how, how Ben, how Matt, how Jay are, are all operating 
um, as a club, it, are you feeling very, I, I mean, we feel that it, it's doing absolutely fantastic, but do you feel that, uh, you know, there's, there's room for more, you know, that you, you want to see them do more um, out of it, or you feel like that we're getting, a, you know, the, the best, best at our league? Well, I, I mean, first and foremost, just like an athlete, you can always be better and you can always do more. So I, you know, I, I think even if you talk to the greatest athletes in the world at the, the top of their game, um, even if they do play for Chelsea, like they will tell you, there's, there's, there's more that we can do. Uh, you know, when you look at it, though, and just looking at the numbers, again, we're breaking League One records before we've even had our first match. And, and again, it's very much a credit to the team behind the scenes. I mean, the, the fact that, again, you had um, Chief Operating Officer Matt Hominoff and Coach Jay Mims literally in place and position, I mean, on that, that first day when they announced the club being founded. Um, and then those guys were working, you know, behind the scenes even, obviously, weeks if not months previous to that. Um, they've assembled an incredible front office team. I think something that's really important in sports is you can't lose sight of it's also business. And so it's one thing to like be passionate about sports or know the game, but you also got to know how to run a business. And this is why I think you're going to see huge success from them, um, both from the relationship they have with the Storm Chaser and Warner Park and under the leadership and, and ties with what Marty's doing to connect them to the corporate community and the relationships he's developed for 10 15, if not longer years in Omaha. Um, but also, again, the folks like, you know, again, Ben. Ben comes from a grassroots background in creating audiences and connecting the community. Um, I, you know, they've got James, who's been leading on the sales side, who's just been exceptional. Um, you know, he gets it and he understands it. And then, you know, they've brought in um, Yunira, who is leading both the content and the communications and is an incredible asset um, both because she understands the sport from a cultural standpoint with her family, um, but also is vital um, to our Spanish-speaking audiences. This is the world's game. And um, one of the reasons, again, when we looked at Omaha and creating the crest and the brand, it is a, it's a community that is changing and becoming more and more diverse, like many of our other cities around the world, around the country. And you need to ensure that your front office and your staff and your club um, is a representation of your community. Um, and so that is, you know, one of the things they're conscious of and always constantly trying to do. So Erica, we, we really appreciate you ha coming on and uh, talking with us about just the beginnings of a club. Is there uh, can, we would like to plug you like, I mean, where can people find you on Twitter? <laughs> where can people follow you and see what you're up to and, and see all your sure. work? Uh, so, yes, I'm on, I'm on Twitter uh, at uh, EA. B-J-O-R-K, so E-A Bjork. Um, and I do try to share, I mean, my biggest thing on Twitter is I try to share those resilient stories, what we're seeing in sports lots of times. Um, you know, the biggest thing I would say to anyone who's kind of listening or, you know, especially with everything going on in the world around us is, um, you know, what Union Omaha is doing is very special and it is built very much from the ground up and from the community and the fans. So if you're not already involved, whether that's because you've placed a deposit or you plan on being there when the opening night is announced, um, or if you haven't bought your scarf yet, because I'm guessing right now you could still need one out there in yes, Omaha. Yes, it actually snowed um, last week. You know, get your, get, get your scarf, get your hoodie, 
get your little, you know, caps, whatever it might be that you need. Um, you know, again, great online store can come to your house. Um, all those great things. I, um, you know, the team needs your support um, as much and they need you. Um, and those are all ways you can kind of demonstrate and show that. I mean, again, at, the, at its core, soccer clubs and soccer teams are your small business, just like every other small business that's right now going to struggle um, in the coming weeks. Um, so do anything you can to show the support. And sometimes that is taking a picture of yourself wearing your scarf and hoodie on social media. And other times it's just telling your friends when you have a beer with them via Skype, um, <laughs> what you're looking forward to the season. I mean, that's, it's a little bit of the world we're just going to live in probably for, for a little time. And then when we all come together, um, for that inaugural night at Warner, um, it's going to feel all the much more sweet. Well, thank you for everything. Yeah, thank we- you for everything you've done for Union Omaha and spreading the news. Go ahead, Luke. Uh, and Erica, really look forward to seeing you at a Union game sometime here uh, when we actually get going. Well, you better believe I will be there for um, opening night. I, I can't wait. And um, as soon as we kind of get through what's, you know, some of these travel restrictions, I plan on being out there. even So, sooner. so if you're Perfect. listening to this, go to the store, unionomaha.com, go to the store, get your gear, gear up for the, for the year. Cause it is coming. And uh, Erica, thank you so much for being on. Absolutely. Of Thanks course. Of course. Me, guys. Thanks.